Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blink and Wazzie in beautiful Lower Downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. You can get that red Zinfandel that is finished in whiskey barrels. That's very good. Whiskey barrels courtesy of Deviation Distillers, which is also in the dairy block. Or you could get that 2017 Cabernet, or you can get that uh, Blake Street blend. Uh, all of which are reds, but to be honest with you, they got great whites, they got great blends. Uh, everything you need in your favorite local wine bar. Go to bfwdenver.com and book yourself a virtual wine tasting with Omicron kind of raging right now. It's probably be a good thing to do, uh, but you can also check out, um, you know, their their bottles that they got there. They can buy that. So you got a bunch of swag on there too. So basically, uh, anything you need is right there at your fingertips at bfwdenver.com. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful Lower Downtown. Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you speak to them, tell them Jeff Morton from GCSG Podcasts sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the latest CSU podcast. Okay, I have recovered from the flu. I did not have COVID, which is good. Um, but, uh, if I'm a little croaky, it's because I'm still coming out of it. Um, I have not gone anywhere. <laughs> so, um, stay safe, everyone. Omicron is raging. Uh, fingers crossed that this is a more mild variation of the, uh, COVID virus. And, uh, hopefully we can all get through this together. Um, Obviously, it's ravaging the NBA right now, but I'm going to put aside the issues with competitive basketball um, and what the NBA is having to do, um, and I'm going to simply discuss the rules, and I've been harping on this all year, but the rules changes and how that has affected the league and how it has benefited some people over others, and um, I don't think this has been talked about nearly enough. Uh, this this season, this rules have altered the league in a way that I don't think they they initially anticipated, but will in the long run benefit the league. And I'm going to talk to you about DeMar DeRozan to start. Um, DeMar DeRozan signed a uh, pretty hefty contract uh, this offseason with the uh, Chicago Bulls. Uh, you know, he got right around twenty-seven, twenty-eight million dollars per season, um, and he has been absolutely superb this year. Uh, when he's not been obviously out or injured, uh, he has been, uh, or in COVID protocols, he's been actually really good, um, and one of the best players in the league this year. And it's not coincidental to me that the rules changes when it comes to defending on the perimeter has benefited someone who specializes in the mid-range game. And to me, this has been the adjustment that the NBA has been looking for. Uh, I'm going to tell people this hasn't stopped people from taking threes. 
This isn't about taking threes. It's about making, it was almost entirely about, first of all, primarily to avoid the stupid running into, um, running into the player and the, um, the, the kind of the unnatural movement uh, fouls that were occurring that uh, people like James Harden and Trey Young were taking advantage of. Uh, it seems like Trey Young has sufficiently adapted this year. Uh, James Harden has not. Um, but when we're talking about this, uh, um, when we're talking about the rules changes and how they've affected teams, one thing I can say is that unless you're Steph Curry, the high volume, and even Curry, Curry's inside the three-point arc game has completely, it's, it's, it's silly bad this year. As good as Steph Curry has been, um, it hasn't been uh, good where he was traditionally good, where the spacing was different. And that's what I want to talk about. Spacing has constricted, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And I know a lot of pe- it's going to take a lot of people a lot of time to get used to this. But spacing in the NBA has changed. Spacing in the NBA has uh, been completely altered. Um, and that is largely due to uh, the rules. Um, the rules changing on the perimeter has, it hasn't, it's not like it was in the 90s or even the early 2000s. Um, it's probably more akin to the way it was the late 2000s. So you're talking uh, 2007 to 2010, 11, right around there, before the league started really bombs away on the threes. Um, <clears throat> what you've been seeing... Excuse me. Just a second to get a drink. What you have been seeing is the league has taken what they un- knew about how the league had become, as I, as, as I said this over and over, Funhouse Mirror. Uh, the spacing was really kind of almost, almost ridiculous. Uh, you had people standing way out on the perimeter. I mean, if, if people remember something, George Carl um, did, used to do this thing, and he really started exploiting this in uh, his last season in Denver. Um, he would have JaVale McGee and Timofey Mozgov and Kosta Kufas stand out of bounds in order to increase the spacing. Now, that was it, but that's what it took back then to increase spacing. Um, people don't understand how the league kind of expanded outward post-2013. Um, it, it got you know more and more out, 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 out. And what we're seeing right now is those few players in the league, and this is why Kawhi Leonard being out uh, um, for the the Clippers is such a big deal. Um, You need players who are able to exploit that vast mid-range game, and not in a uh, inefficient sense, because, you know, as good as Kobe Bryant was, he was a volume shooter, and he would shoot, 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 and you're not going to see that anymore in the NBA. You're not going to see a volume mid-range shooter. But there are peop- there are players who are very very good at the mid range, and their skills like Demar Derozan. I mean, he, the, in fact, uh, the the Bulls have two, um, both Zach Levine and uh, 
DeMar DeRozan can really take advantage of the mid-range game. Um, and what that does is it, <clears throat> is it helps um, take advantage of the unused spots, but not in a high-volume sense. One of the reasons the NBA was high-volume mid-range is because um, you had hand-checking, and if a, unless a guy was wide open, not the three-point line, it, wasn't, it, it was an inefficient shot to take a three-point shot. From 2013 to 2020, um, it was the most efficient shot you could take because you could draw fouls. Um, there was this weird middle ground from 2004 when they really started enforcing hand check to 2011-ish um, where the league was kind of like you're taking more threes but there's a lot of mid-range, too. The, I, and I go back to this. I think the late 2000s was probably the most balanced the league has ever been offensively um, as far as proportion of threes to mid-ranges and layups and all that. I think there, and if you look back at the stats, it'll be borne out how balanced the league was. And then it just got all weird due to Daryl Morey and his uh, experiments. But that is where you saw this. And uh, what you've seen, it's not quite the late 2000s because you still have a high proportion of, I would say, inefficient threes being shot. But what has happened is guys who uh, are good at the mid-range, who have lost, who had lost their way recently, are now valued because the guys aren't, the, 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 the efficiency of the three has come back down. So therefore, you need to be able to exploit the area where people don't reside. And good mid-range shooters have always been valuable in the playoffs. It's been consistent. But the people like DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and other players who are I – mean, Paul George even is, has a good mid-range game, even though he shoots a lot more threes than he used to. Um, rather than people who just get downhill and get to the basket <clears> – <throat> or guys who um, reside only at the three-point line, there has been this missing area of NBA game. And I think the rebalancing of the league is really what you have been seeing this year, and guys will adjust. And how does this affect the Denver Nuggets? Um, I'm going to be talking about that after the DraftKings read, because I think Nuggets fans have reason to be excited for when Jamal Murray gets back, for one very specific reason, and that has to do with these rules changes. First, I'm going to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, your official sports betting partner of the NFL, but this is not about the NFL. Um, it's Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift uh, that will certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet <clears throat> just $5 on any NBA team, and win 150 in free bets if they're just victorious. It's a great way to pull in a, and put in some extra jingle in your pocket. All DraftKings customers can also get uh, in the Christmas spirit with holiday free bet surprise. Everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly um, as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. Uh, that's a pretty neat thing. And they also get the same game parlays for the... Uh, for the uh, Christmas uh, and 
day after Christmas games for the NFL. Um, just on a b- bunch of things, and really, DraftKings is your best place to do all this stuff. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet just $5 on any NBA team and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code MHS this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, I think when we talk about Jamal Murray return, there's two things. Uh, Jamal is probably will take a while to work his way back in. He's a hard worker, but um, coming off ACL thing, it's just it's just I've seen too many of these. It is very rare that a player just comes in and is plug and play. Um, but on the flip side of that, uh, Jamal has something to his game. Basically, no other player, with maybe the exception of Michael Porter Jr., has in his arsenal, um, and that is a mid-range game that is absolutely deadly. Um, Nikola Jokic has it, but I can't include Jokic in this because he's the facilitator. But you need a guy who's out there who can hit all those mid-range shots, And, 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 and I'll be quite honest with you guys, this is a area of the game that has gone kind of under the radar for Jamal. Jamal is very good, very good at the mid-range. And I think what I've seen in the NBA this year is that since this has adjusted, I mean, of course, leaving aside what's going on with COVID right now, just talking about the play, um, the... the quality of play is rebalancing and the guys who are great at the mid range will have an extra leg up because it's the great unexploited. I'll be honest with you. You know, players coming up in the league don't practice mid range shots because of the way the NBA has altered itself. But with three pointers becoming less efficient you need guys like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, you know, Paul, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, and Jamal Murray, and to a lesser extent, Michael Porter Jr., to exploit that vast middle area. And I think that is where you will see Jamal really come into his own. Uh, we all know Jamal is a... <coughs> excuse me. We all know Jamal is a hard worker. You all know Jamal is an extremely um, talented player who can get to the rim. Um, spacing is not what it used to be. So those free drives that everyone had isn't aren't as frequent as they used to be, but they're still there. Um, we know that Jamal can get to the rim. Obviously, that's going to be tested when he comes back from his uh, uh, rehab, uh, which we, at this point we don't even know that when that is. But if he is able to exploit that vast middle area, like I know that he can, he can, with the Nuggets can have that extra step. Because I think from what I've seen this year, the Nuggets um, don't know how to yet exploit that without a guy who's able to hit with the efficiency of Jamal Murray. 
and Jamal is one of the few guys on this team who can do that. Um, and I think that will heighten his game <clears throat> more than people think. This is where Jamal's going to make his head, make his bones when he comes back. Is that he's going to be he's the guy, the guy on the Nuggets who can hit that shot. Obviously, once again, leaving aside how he can rehabilitate coming back, um, and if he doesn't have one of those rebound injuries on his other leg, um, he can exploit this to his advantage and have a DeMar DeRozan type season that uh, helps him and helps the Nuggets have that little advantage because there's one thing in the NBA right now that people aren't talking about. Uh, I just pointed out Zach Levine. I pointed out DeMar DeRozan, you know, Paul George, all those guys. But guys like that are few and far between in the NBA. You ask people to um, shoot mid-range shots in the league and they won't know what to do because this... It's kind of like there's a psychological experiment I've always wanted to run in the NBA is if what would what would people how would these people who are good perimeter shooters react and how much would their efficiency go down if you took away the three point line because psychologically everything they have uh learned about shooting is based on that line and it's a psychological thing so you remove that line and and they they can't function. Everything's a two, but their efficiency will plummet because everything they do is judged by that line. Um, and that is all about, you know, strength of shot, everything just kind of reduces. So not every guy who's able to shoot a three can shoot a mid-range shot. And it's going to be interesting to see how a guy like Jamal comes in and just starts exploiting that vast middle area to really heighten and amplify the Nuggets' offense in ways we haven't seen so far this year since the rules have changed. I'm I'm really curious to see about this. There's some great hopium for you, more hopium for you Nuggets fans, about how how Jamal can come in and really help this team, even if he's a bit more compromised than we're used to. All right, thank you all for joining me on this hopefully less croaky uh, Mordcast. I'll be talking to you guys soon. Goodbye.